Maybe maybe just like indiscriminate uh, just weasel noises. Like, but you probably have to say what those were. It would make no sense. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the official Super Villain Slate review of Suicide Squad. Can yeah, I was, gonna, I was going to say, we love TV, movies, and super villains is probably the way to yeah. talk it all out. But, I mean, no spoilers here, but is anybody really a super villain? Really, in yeah. any of the Suicide Squad movies so far, they're usually... Because they're bad enough to get caught, right? Yeah. I feel like the real super villains, historically, in the comic books, either, like, die... Uh, kind of miraculously, or they just escape or never get caught right. or something along those right. lines. Right. Yeah. I mean, and even then, I think you know, when I think of super villain, I also think of like metahumans, right? And like, mm-hmm. I only feel like we only had like maybe one, possibly two metahumans. Hey, I don't know anything about Javelin. He could technically be a metahuman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something special about him. There's he, some reason he was. There, I right? be- I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was just a, like a Olympian track and field kind of guy. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of what happens with like these kind of gold silver age comics, right? They're just like, what can we pluck? Well, I was just watching like the 1964 Olympics and they were doing javelins. I'm going to put that person in a comic. Yeah. Imagine how good you'd have to be to just use a javelin on the regular. Uh, Yeah. But before we get too far, uh, right here, up here at the top, it's going to be spoiler free. We'll give you a warning before we dive into the spoilers for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Yeah. So yeah, we did um the 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 Suicide Squad the 2021 version released on HBO Max in theaters this week. Mm-hmm. Um so uh you get you kind of get your pick there. Uh we've known it was coming to streaming uh for for quite a while, so mm-hmm. again no surprise there. And it's on the ad-free version. Uh HBO Max has since launched an ad-supported version in the middle of the year, um but it is not on there. So you've got to you got to shell just like what is it like fifteen dollars maybe to for the month. Who who knows anymore? Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's a pretty good price. Uh, it's one of my go to. So um, yeah, Suicide Squad's out. Um, people watch it. We've watched it. Um, I I don't know. I don't know how to preface this movie, Mike. I mean, this is essentially a sequel of the original one. Uh, I, I think yeah. it's safe to say that. Like, you don't have to watch the first one to get this one, but yeah. it is a sequel of the first one. Yeah, and it is hard to talk about this movie without talking about the other one. That was relatively recent in history, right? You know, I feel like the first film actually had a really lot of positive marketing. You know, we won't talk about necessarily the quality of the movie, but I remember the promotional graphics, the covers, the controversy around Joker having damaged on his forehead, right? Mm -hmm. So there was just, there was a lot of like pop culture and there was just a lot of attention on that first Suicide Squad movie. Then, of course, after the movie came out and it went by, I feel like, you know, everybody, this is general public, right? I'm not talking about people that really dig into this stuff like we do but i felt like the global consciousness of the suicide squad kind of dropped off pretty quickly after yeah. it came out well i think it was one of those things uh we got our first live action harley quinn right to mm-hmm. kind of grace the i think she was like in a tv show but like this is like the first movie version right and mm-hmm. enough to spawn her on into her own movie uh, with the birds of prey and then you know uh 
again, the most controversial Joker ever to grace the screen uh, throughout there. And so much so, like, even right now in the zeitgeist, what, five years later, four and a half years later, there's still calls for the Ayer cut, right? Oh, like, how gosh. how have we not – I can't go a week without hearing about this now. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I don't know if we ever had an official news bullet point within the last couple of weeks about the Ayer cut. But he had made a statement on Twitter saying that he just uh, without a doubt, the studio messed with his cut. He didn't have any of those kind of like jam tracks in there. He said he had a lot of emotional arcs for his characters and it was all cut by the studio. And I 100 percent believe him. But then right after that movie, he did Bright for Netflix, which is a studio that's notorious for giving creators a lot of rain over the content that they produce. And Bright was a disaster. So I'm not saying David Ayer can't make a good film, but like if you just like judge the movie that came out right after the one he was like so mad at making, I just can't trust that well, even his cut would have been good. There, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. It, well, there's also even an extended cut, right? Uh, what they called the director cut but it wasn't his cut of the film either they just added extra joker scenes uh that they (laughs) they left on the cutting room floor Uh, but that's also not to say uh the suicide squad the suicide the 2021 version isn't without its own drama the only reason james gunn's here is because he was fired from disney uh for all of like what two months uh, yes brief hiatus people dug up dug up some kind of uh not like a cringe humor, like dark humor. Yeah. I, what was the term that people were using? Yeah. Shock humor. I yeah, think. it was shock humor stuff. I mean, he is known for again working on uh, with the uh, the Troma Studios, who was known for that kind of stupid stuff, right? Like the mm-hmm. shocky video stuff. That's like it's like you're just gonna roll your eyes and that, or, or and it, this you know this was an era of a. Uh, uh, I believe, I mean, it's like the political correctness kind of thing. And then Disney knee jerk react, fired him, hired him back kind of thing. Yeah, um, and but it's, not before he could go to DC. Uh, yeah, and it's week. kind of weird. It, it's not, it's not necessarily saying that the, the information within the joke isn't necessarily bad. Like if you make a, a pedophilic joke, like, He's not supportive of of pedophiles or anything like that. It's not like he made any statements saying, like, these are things that I believe. They were just jokes that aged very, very badly. But, yeah, that's what brings him uh, to Warner Brothers in the first place. And um, it's just interesting to see, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, this is how we get here. And it's also important to note that, like, he had the choice when Warner Brothers kind of picked him up on the curb when he was kind of suspended from, from Marvel school, basically, for acting out. Um, years be- years before curb. Marvel, by the way, it yeah. wasn't like while he was employed by Marvel. It yes, was, it was exactly. old stuff, but yeah. And when uh, Warner Brothers picked him up from the curb outside of school, they're like, you know what? You can do whatever you want. You're you're the you're the best athlete in school. You can play whatever sport you want. And he was just like, I want to do Suicide Squad. So this was his choice. It wasn't necessarily the studio's decision to try to rehab the Suicide Squad in any way. So it's kind of interesting that you know, even though like the the the, the I guess quote unquote franchise of Suicide high squad may have had some stank on it you know even james gunn was just like no i really like this idea i really like these characters uh let's do it so yeah. i think that actually led to uh, a little bit of hype for this film at least for people that kind of uh keep track of directors i still believe that only a very small amount of the movie going population even knows right. what a director is for the movie when they go into it they just kind of may maybe they know their franchise a little mm-hmm. bit and i'm not even saying that's a bad thing right you do not have to keep track of directors and have this information in the back of your head because it's probably not practically useful in your life but i feel like james gunn is kind of starting to reach that level right of just like 
oh, I know that name. That sounds familiar. When I see a James yeah. Gunn and, film, no matter what it is, I think I'll go see it, you know, kind of a la Christopher Nolan. Yeah, and uh, even in the advertising for a DC film, they were like, oh, from the director who brought you Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we're not even shying away from the hits that he made. Yeah, we're going to use this. You're going to use this to our advantage. So, um, yeah, I mean, this movie has gotten here uh, – you know, it it, it it was been a long journey between the original movie, this movie, and everybody involved. Um, so I guess I guess that was a good preface for for jumping into this. We have not talked mm-hmm. about this movie. Uh, we both watched it Thursday evening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're recording several days later. Uh, so we we've both not re- we've not talked about. It. I didn't even know if Mike had watched it until literally. Uh, <laughs> well, I went to the woods, ago. Chris. I went camping this weekend. So uh, uh, praise the Lord, uh, Starro, the space starfish for dropping this movie because I didn't know it was going to be coming out Thursday HBO Max you know mm-hmm. if the movie if the normal movie going experience was uh, out there in the world you know I probably would have gone and seen this on a Thursday night well, but yeah you told me like that that day that it was going to be dropping on Thursday and I was like oh this is great because I'm going to be gone on Friday I'm going to have to cram this in on Sunday so bam I got in there in, in, in classic Mike fashion he doesn't listen to our regular show uh, <laughs> where we announced several weeks ago well things that, get muddy no matter yeah. what things always get muddy they the day of release when it comes to like digital right well, even like even when loki was going to premiere on wednesday we weren't a hundred percent sure until like that day like when on wednesday it was was it going to be at midnight were they changing because this was the first thing coming uh, out on wednesday so the, the day of date digital gets a little confusing Chris. well the, the the only reason i'm saying this is james Gunn said it was coming out on thursday have you seen because his Instagram stories? He makes like a hundred Instagram stories in a day. I can't tap it, through all of those. Well, things. it was it's too much. Chris. It was in our. It was in our show news. That's the only reason I'm going to tell you. But that's okay, fine. Well, we'll move, listen better than me, folks. Yeah, and then yeah. you won't be so. Put you'll it, be able to plan your week better. Anytime we mention a date, write it in your calendar. That's all I'm going to tell you. Just, <laughs> just do it right then and there. Um, so let's go ahead and Mike, let's jump into this. Uh, it's it's really hard to talk about it without spoilers. I think in mm-hmm. some of this because again the 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 promotions has said like really nobody's safe uh and we'll, we'll kind of go with that but let, yeah let's go ahead and uh, uh mike if you want to you want to kick this off let's, let's let's hear your thoughts on the suicide squad yeah spoiler freeze here at the very very top uh this will be an interesting kind of review and spoiler cast because what what do you do when you talk about a movie that's pretty good right i feel like james gunn did a really really good job with these characters with the story with the biggest surprise just being like the filmmaking right he does some interesting uh tricks with like the camera he does some interesting tricks with like captions and text on screen you know he really gets creative with it it's almost like okay i've made a couple big big blockbuster uh, superhero movies now. Now I feel a lot more comfortable making these kind of more quirky creative decisions which just overall just adds to the story uh i really loved uh, john cena so i'm really happy to see peacemaker uh continue on and we'll talk a little bit more about that in his hbo max series once we get into spoilers uh surprisingly it, this movie makes you care a little bit more about rick flag which is not something i expected uh and at the very beginning you know we are presented with a cast of a lot of characters and this isn't spoilers he, he told you not to be pr- 
precious when you drop the cast list. But, you know, I was surprised some characters made it on and some characters didn't because, you know, you would think like, oh, this person isn't necessary anymore. But they make you care about a lot of misfits and they don't kind of shoehorn them into being heroes either. They're still just kind of selfish, you know, caring for themselves. But, you know, even like a even like a bad guy does have a little bit of humanity at the end of the day. So I don't know if maybe that's what you take away from that. But, you know, Margot Robbie does a great Harley Quinn again. Uh, she's just really good with this character. Uh, whether or not you like or hate the films that she's in, she's always just doing a very good Harley Quinn. So, yeah, I had a great I had a great time with this movie. the The runtime is about two hours long, and if I have any problems with the film, they would just be nitpicks. And I guess if I had to say a spoiler free nitpick. I felt like the movie maybe dragged just slightly, which is strange because two hours isn't necessarily long, and I don't really have my full thoughts on that matter, and it's really not that big of a deal. It's just a nitpick, but I did it was sitting on my couch, and I was just like, oh, uh, this should be wrapping up soon, right? So uh, th- that's that's about it. If I had to pick something out spoiler-free, that that was a bit of a negative, but I just had, I had a great time. No complaints. Looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Looking forward to what else James Gunn is going to be doing moving forward. Uh, uh, sometimes I'm not sure entirely if James Gunn uh, is just directing or if he's writing, but he definitely wrote this one, and you can feel it. And It's just a fun time overall. I don't have much else to say on the matter spoiler-free, so what do you think, Chris? Uh, I... It's okay. Uh, I think I think the Suicide Squad is just an okay movie. At the end of the day, I think the the what I I, I when you say you have nothing to, to pick. I think one of the I will say this a spoiler free um, thought is uh, turn off the fucking radio. Um, there is too much music in this that makes that takes me out of the film because I'm like you're just putting songs in to put songs in because people liked it in your Guardians movie. And I think when they gave him free reign of this. Um, it, he's is starting to show his his cracks a little bit of, of like yeah you've been given free reign you've kind of overstepped a little bit. Um, I do think it's it, it is a, a I I'm not saying I, I hate it I did not like it but at the same time like I'm sitting here trying to remember anything from this movie and nothing has stuck with me uh, and I think that's probably. Um, what we, we do always talk about, like, you know, what's, what's up, what's a fallacy of a film? Like where, where does it really fall apart? Is as if you don't remember it, if you can't think of it, I think I, um, I remember the music being, um, obnoxious and I remember not really laughing as much as I thought I would. It wasn't nearly as funny as I was, as it was, and probably has less heart than the guardians films, but it, it is a suicide squad. These aren't, you know, good people, um, doing good things. They are supposed to be, you know, the bad guys doing, Missions are not supposed to win, um, but you know there, there are some things we can talk about in spoilers that really um, rub me the wrong way in terms of of, of a movie. But like you know, I, I think it's just okay. I, I think um, in terms of you know when we do Marvel, we talk about in terms of the whole. I think in DC, uh, there are a few I enjoy more. There are probably a lot more I enjoy less. But uh, o- overall, I think the Suicide Squad is just a it's just a middling film um, with with a you know characters just trying to see who might live and who might die by the end and uh, what what kind of bet would I have lost if uh, I, I bet on certain characters. So, um, Well, I feel like even if uh, Chris says meddling, that's uh, praise when it comes to <laughs> Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. Uh, so I've no seen, matter what I've, side you're <laughs> no on, it looks like they're still doing pretty yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. I, well, the last one we got from them was 84, right? Wonder Woman 84? 
I believe so. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, this is better than that by a long <laughs> shot. I'd even say I'd, I'd um, based on the last uh, Harley Quinn role, I, I think this uh, this is better than Birds of Prey to me, at least. You know, in in that regards. Uh, but I'd probably go back and watch Shazam or um, uh, the original Wonder Woman. Uh, maybe, maybe even Aquaman over this. I don't know yet. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it, but I'm, I'm trying not to compare it to other films. It, it is uh, a new era for Warner Brothers, if you will. This year, we'll give them a new, mm-hmm. a new, a, a 2021 slate. They they got a a thumbs up from me, Micah. Uh, before we go now, I did know before we jump into to spoilers or anything else, the cinema score for this is an interesting thing. You're familiar with cinema score, right? Where they pull yeah. people. Mm-hmm. It, it got the same score as the original suicide squad, which was like a <laughs> B plus. I'm like, I, I don't think I, I would, I would hold this above that first one by a long shot. Uh, so I, th- I think that's interesting that the cinema score, while it doesn't indicate how good of a movie it is, um, a normal audience uh, scores is interesting. So, yeah, yeah, so I guess this would be a good opportunity yeah. to jump into spoilers, everybody. Uh, yes, put Easter up the red flashing stuff. light emoji that everybody uses in uh, their tweets when they talk about something spoilery. Yes, we'll uh, we'll jump go, right into. We'll go watch right it and come it. back if you if you haven't. I mean, this is yes. a, this is a good spot to go watch it and come back. But we'll we'll yes. just jump right in. Yes, exactly. I, I have to say. Um, uh, the the opening of the film was a little interesting to me because we start off here with Michael Rooker uh, and Viola Davis kind of comes back in and she's uh, she's whipping up the Suicide Squad all over again, yeah. getting getting a crew together to go storm the beaches and we have some familiar faces from the last movie and mm-hmm. uh, some new faces and I was primed <laughs> I was primed by the marketing that a lot of people were gonna die so I was like I've seen some of the latest movie posters there's a lot of familiar faces I know a lot of these people aren't going to be there so when nearly all of them died on the beach uh and then it instantly goes to another beach i thought that was pretty surprising i wasn't surprised that like michael rooker was going to die and all these people were just going to get mowed down on the beach but i was kind of shocked i was like okay that is a kind of a total like a amanda waller type of move to send two teams on the same mission and not tell each other because she just assumes like one of them gonna die so i was like i was like "This, this, this works for me and then we kind of that's a interesting way to get introduced to the main cast right after there's been a bunch it, of bloodshed we actually meet our real quote-unquote heroes uh but yeah. then we have a we have one of many kind of uh i guess time jumps or flashbacks yeah. where we flash back to them getting brought together well, i think i think the, the intro it, it is fine i agree with you and yeah we only had one character kind of introduced on an airplane by rick flag thankfully mm-hmm. uh this time around i still don't know what some of those characters do or what their abilities are um you know, I'm like, who is Mongal? What does she do? And yeah, and I uh, wonder if maybe that was a bit of like a uh, uh, purposeful. You know, yeah. why spend the time to let you know what Mongol does when she's yeah. just gonna die? Yeah, <laughs> and then Blackguard, of course. Uh, I think a lot of people will be happy that Pete Davidson kind of gets shot in the face <laughs> right away. Um, he's going to turn to men. It's interesting. Um, I do think it's funny that the first person we see, quote unquote, die in this uh, is Weasel, and uh, he is actually the last thing in the movie the end credit scene i was really happy to see that he didn't die because the character is just so weird i haven't quite seen something like this on film before not saying it's super radical or anything like that but i haven't really seen it before and it's so weird and i love the idea now i don't necessarily think the character will return for a sequel but it's more of like the idea of this lore of like now this weasel just like is terrorizing and eating children on this island moving forward is just really kind of sadistic and funny to me yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that was like, I was like, oh, that's, that's entertaining. 
uh, one of the other entertaining things here, in a dark way, is when uh, the uh, the B team, if you will, right, uh, the, mm. the the actual Suicide Squad that we saw, uh, goes to rescue Rick Flag and kill all the Freedom Fighters. Oh my uh, god! I think that it, but that's interesting because that's one of like the best bits in the yeah. film. And maybe this kind of goes into what you're feeling where you felt like you didn't laugh much in the movie. Because I feel like there's lots of very humorous scenarios that I think are very creative and they're fun to watch, but don't necessarily invoke like laughter, yeah. right? Because when you see them like reveal that like, oh, they just kind of stealthfully and very like um, tactfully like kill all of these people and they reveal like oh these were just innocent freedom fighters you're just like oh, oh yeah that's so dark i get it but it doesn't like necessarily reproduce like a laughter right well, well yeah it's it, it, it's interesting because that goes to show even though they are quote like you said we're getting these quote a lot heroes of this movie mm-hmm. they didn't do this in a heroic way uh to get mm-hmm. there they they definitely did it they were showing off i think um even once that john cena says you know like uh, he's like you're showing off he's like well I'm only showing off because it's cool, and then he blow like the guy blows up the delayed yeah, kind of gun then, thing, and then Idris Elba is just like, "Damn it, he's right." He's right, yeah. yeah. Which you don't get a whole lot of moments like that where yep. uh, Bloodsport kind of uh, lets his guard down, like kind of shows his guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to just go through. It. I think that the, one of the other scenes that really bothered me is the president's immediate reaction to want to marry Harley Quinn the day he meets her. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's kind of weird because that's also predicated on the lore of Harley Quinn, which is messy at best in this universe, yeah. right? Because he was saying, "Oh, my people like love you. They look up to you like your anti-American sentiments." Yeah. And I was just like, "We really haven't seen that in the yeah. films." And even if you can, like, I don't think she gets a lot of TV airtime, right? Just because yeah. like she's like a like a a villain or a supervillain. It's not like she's going on like talk shows, so. Yeah, that probably it, they probably could have manufactured it, a bit of a stronger connection. Yeah, than well, that. well, yeah, or at least you know, show like, oh, people have her picture around, like, kind of thing, like, oh, like, mm-hmm. like they didn't have any of that. I think it was just one of those. To me, it was a scene set to say, like, oh, Harley knows that she needs someone who's not evil, and like, she's not with the Joker, and this is a whole I'll, metaphor I'll, for that. Also, at the end of the day, since that kind of king, emperor, whatever you're gonna call him, yeah. since he just ultimately gets killed pretty quickly yeah. and then he's just replaced with another general could he almost be edited out of the movie right because right. even if he's like dead and she harley still gets captured and you still kind of get her uh action sequence where she escapes the prison i think like a clever editor could not Take even <laughs> require extra scenes and just remove it entirely yeah so yeah that probably goes to show that oh your scene's probably not that that your yeah. little storytelling segment's probably not that strong if you could just yeah. clip it out and, of the movie. <laughs> and i get it you, you want to show harley doesn't need a a man to be a, an individual right who can handle herself mm. totally understand it however you know when you were like oh is this movie over like that's a scene that could probably be taken out to mm. tighten it up a little bit yeah overall. also i don't know if maybe the the screenwriting of this was in conjunction with a birds of prey in, in some way but birds of prey totally covers that entire storyline from head to toe like james gunn didn't really have to address it at all right yeah. Because one thing I do like, I do like how this is very softly connected to the previous Suicide Squad and then like very quickly murdered, right? You know, the only reason we even know it's connected is because um, because Harley just kind of has a general rapport with a boomerang and Rick Flagg that's not really explained. That's because it was in the previous movie. And that is like the 
only thing that's really connected to the previous one. And you could almost even assume that Viola Davis is just like, quote unquote, recasted as Amanda Waller. She doesn't even have to be the same character because all of her supporting staff in those offices, you know, I don't believe they were recast. I don't I I they weren't. I I don't think they were in the first one. Uh, Yeah, I don't I I don't think so either, because it was basically just her that 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 had had any performance there. Um, uh, So, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to go through the characters, the the the. The main cast characters include Bloodsport, who mm-hmm. um, has um, his mask. Kind of reminds me of like how everyone has a mask. You just push a button and it kind of folds up these days. Like uh-huh. like what was it? Uh, Snake Eyes has one. He came out a movie a couple weeks ago, and you know Star Lord has a push button mask. Like yeah, he's got a push button mask. That's, that, that's all right. But his gun packs were pretty cool. I wish he he would use more guns uh, throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving along, uh, John Cena's Peacemaker. Yeah, definitely a douchebag uh, in this. Uh, that was a weird turn for the character. I didn't see him, uh, again, we're in spoilers, kill Rick Flag in the middle of all this kind of thing. Yeah, I um, didn't think that they would turn against each other. I mean, I do. I would expect them to turn against each other, but I didn't think the finality of straight up killing a character would yeah. happen. Yeah, especially like what one of three characters left over from the first movie, right, in terms of like the, the squad. Um, you know, uh, Boomerang went out very quickly uh, with, with, <laughs> yeah. with that exploding he, helicopter. He went out with a, he went out with a smile too, like yeah. he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, and then uh, Rick Flag being stabbed by Peacemaker. I was like, damn, like this, like, and then it, it did like the unnecessary scene where it showed his interior of his heart being pierced with the the ceramic tile. We're like, you can stab <laughs> I, him in the chest, and I think we'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if maybe I'm curious if that was always the plan or not because yeah. I. I do kind of see, though, maybe there was a creative choice where it's like people get stabbed in the chest all of the time and they come yeah. back to life. Maybe we need to actually show it going into the heart and show like, yeah. oh, yeah, Rick Flag is definitely dead. He's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then he I thought he was killed, which would have been nice. Um, but he's coming back to life. And I think that confirms his show is now after the movie. Yeah, um, that was a, that was an interesting uh, problem I was solving during the whole time I was watching the movie. I was just like, "Oh, is Peacemaker dead or not?" And then he gets like shot in the neck, and there's lots of blood. I was yeah. like, "That looks like I, that might be hard to come back from." I guess they might be able to, but it looks like his shows are prequel, and then you know we kind yeah. of have the not really post credits, but kind of post credits of uh, yeah, Peacemaker. The mid credit scene is is, yeah. is them, um, and then uh, Ratcatcher two. I enjoyed her. Um, Daniela Melchior, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, I don't understand her sleepiness. Uh, like, I thought they were going to play off, oh, you're so sleepy, but it was just because, oh, you're a millennial. Um, I thought that was a waste. But her dad was Taika Waititi, the original <laughs> yeah. Catcher. Did you catch that in the flashback? Because I didn't notice it until they I, actually showed his character in full I, at the end. I did, and then in her cell, there's a picture of him. Uh, oh, I, I didn't catch it, so it was almost yeah. a little bit of a reveal for me. I was like, oh, shit. That's yeah. Sick. Well, I, I thought that was – I didn't think they'd actually have scenes with them, right? I thought they were just uh, going to use them and like, oh, here's a little bit. But like, oh, this is really – really funny to use him for that so that was that was a fun little little throwaway yeah. we were big fans of rat catcher in this house because as some listeners may know yeah. we have had pet rats for i think like six or seven years in total we had uh, quite a few of them yeah. so uh, they did really good with the rats uh pretty good animations uh i was like this feels like when we had pet rats and 
we were so pleased that uh, the main rat was Sebastian. Sebastian, I yeah. think, yeah. We were very happy to see that in a rated R movie that he didn't just like get squished to a pulp, and right. there was actually no like mutilation of rats necessarily. Right. So I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we think rats are cute and we like them in this house. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I expected you know um, something to happen in her, kind of like a Groot baby Groot scenario, uh, um, to be honest. But that was good. And then also they're the ones who technically saved the day at the end of it. Uh, yeah, I mean that. <laughs> I don't know if this is necessarily like a problem good or bad but you know kind of like when you're watching like a captain marvel film especially when she pops up in uh end game you're like she's she's way overpowered right she seems like she could just solve all the problems in this movie all by herself i kind of almost felt that way about rat catcher right i was just like she like this island is swarming with rats which i think is relatively believable because i think yeah. a lot of tropical islands are literally swarming with rats like she could have like i feel like she could have just like sent the rats to swarm this lab facility as soon as they landed on the island and like they could have just solved the problem she, so and well, like she was almost like too powerful but like i almost like knew she was going to save the day at the end because like oh there's a swarm of starfish do we have another an oppo- opposing swarm that right. we could call on you know well i think there was one particular like uh, there's like oh that this place is covered in security cameras she's like oh i'm taking care of it and they had him show out one camera <laughs> one the rest I were open we, i'm like I why didn't you just have are, them do the rest of it <laughs> i guess we are to assume yeah. that they go to the other they, no they didn't because remember they the when they're looking at the cameras later in that that room all of them are still on and then that, that security girl's like oh the the people have gotten in they're going through this like they literally only chewed through one camera Oh, and I guess that also kind of goes to the overpoweredness of her character too, right? Because she also is not very active in this movie until yeah. like the very end, right? Like yeah. you know, you that you say that kind of like that sleepiness quality, right? Yeah. I think she throws a rat like once at like a kind of like a military person, and then like turns the corner, and runs down, and yeah, like it like went in his mouth or something weird. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I think her her powers are legit cool. Like there's kind of a similar kind of rat strategy in that. And that older movie Wanted, you know, with Angelina yeah. Jolie and they're oh. bending the bullets because. What they... about is it Willard also as well? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was it. Was but... it's that guy who controls rats? Yeah, it was a movie, but yeah, go on, uh, sorry. okay. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, a swarm of anything is very, very powerful. So I, I yeah. guess that's the thing. Like you got a very goofy power. I felt almost the same thing about Polka Dot Man too, right? Yeah. Like your two kind of lowest tier like heroes on the totem pole here are the strongest, and I felt like yeah. if they just kind of like just sat down and like just had a conversation real quick, like <laughs> at least they did kind of nerf Polka Dot Man a little bit because he was actually crazy. Yeah, which. It, led to some interesting visuals right well, well, yeah, exactly he was literally hallucinating everyone was his mom um uh-huh. it was fun until he, he they were dancing with each other in the club and i'm like oh this is this is awkward to look at but i mean that's that's a good sign like when they make you feel awkward watching the movie um but like i feel like i, I i'm sad he was crushed at the at the end <laughs> like i'm like oh he's one i really wanted to, to see live um well he he said at the beginning of the movie that he hoped he died yeah, i yeah. mean and, i know he was having a bit of an arc and maybe he wouldn't have that same sentiment and, any longer but. and then he yelled he was a superhero right before they, uh-huh. they squished him but he did he did disintegrate what, what most of Starro's leg uh, with his polka dots. So yeah, uh, I like the origin of uh, 
uh, Polka Dot Man too. Uh, I don't know exactly if his origin of his powers has adapted over time. I think originally, like he, there wasn't a deep backstory to why he could throw polka dots. But I do like this idea of that, like his mother was a scientist. He had like an interdimensional virus because that just sounds really cool, right? Interdimensional virus is just very comic booky. So I wouldn't be surprised if like, oh, maybe that's like the new Fifty Two origin or something for that character. And I thought the effect looked really cool too. And I felt like it was very yeah. James Gunn esque to add the add the extra bit of just like, oh, if he doesn't get rid of them, he has to puke them up. Yeah. I thought that was a cool addition, but it's almost kind of like uh, Chekhov's uh, vomit, right? You would expect to see that vomit thing maybe show up again later. Yeah. Uh, maybe because this reminds me of like uh, another nitpick that I have. Um, so when uh, Rick Flag, Peacemaker, and um, Bloodsport, right? Bloodsport. Yeah. Yeah, Bloodsport are captured or they are voluntarily captured and they end up in that security van. Uh, usually when you're like writing like a story or an action sequence, your characters have to like kind of creatively get out of that situation or somebody from the outside has to come help them. So I don't necessarily like that the situation was just like, oh, let's do that one punch death blow type of thing and mm -hmm. you can do it if you know how you're doing. It's just very weird and awkward and it kind of came up out of nowhere and they all knew how to do it, and there wasn't really a callback or a reference to it. It was just very strange, yeah. and it almost makes me think, like, oh, it'd be funny if maybe they took Polka Dot Man with him, and he started to, like, convulse because he had to throw up these dots, and maybe that kind of destroyed the car. That's, like, a creative way to get out of it that you're not exactly expecting. So that that was one nitpick of just, like, that's kind of a... I feel like this is kind of a weird execution yeah. to get out of this. I guess execution yeah. is a double entendre here. It's true. But uh, that was one little bit of a nitpick yeah and lastly uh one of the uh he was a fun character i don't know if he was useful uh but was king shark uh nanawe oh. um i think he was great uh sylvester Stallone did the voice i loved him he mm -hmm. was he was like if i laughed at anything it was his like literal takes on everything uh -huh. right like he was the drax and the groot of this <laughs> yeah that's a good you, way to put it if yeah. you mix them together and um, other than the little bitty fishies that wanted to bite him and eat him, uh, that, that were released later, did he really contribute a lot to this, uh, to this, the movie you feel? Well, other than he contributed a really cool shot where he rips somebody in half and then in a the bolt rain. of lightning kind of inexplicably comes right behind him. It was a, it was a pretty cool looking shot. So at least he was able to lean into the R rating a little bit Yeah. because surprisingly there's not a whole lot of gore, right? I mean, there's a little bit of there and he rips a guy in half. Obviously, how do you say rip somebody in half without being rated R? We got to see Pete Davidson shot in the face, mm -hmm. but really this R rating is a hundred percent language, right? <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it is. Uh, James Gunn did not want to be limited on what swear words he was allowed to use. Yeah, yeah. I think the other one uh, was um, the thinker uh, when he was smashed up against the wall after Starro uh, ripped him uh, apart. Also, the, the thinker, if we're going to a, a yeah. character there, a little underutilized, right? Yeah. Uh, I totally believe that the thinker would be up to these types of shenanigans, right? And he has this very intelligent brain that will let him do these things. But we never really got to see the brain in action we just assume that his brain did all yeah. of this stuff over the last 30 years. You would expect him to use his uh, uh, his intelligence to kind of get out of being captured, right, or be, get out of a situation. He's basically just a normal scientist. scientist we yeah. don't really get to see him do anything like super evil specifically. Yeah. And, and he says he controls Starro, but I didn't. We didn't see him control Starro. 
Yeah, uh, we didn't see any of that, did we? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, great character. I love him. Uh, he was the doctor on for Doctor Who for a while. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think there's. It's not a bad movie. Don't don't get us wrong. It's not a bad movie to me. It's just. It was just an okay movie. Um, I'm trying to find a list of all the songs they played um, because I think, you know, you're familiar with diegetic music, right? Like where the music is in the movie and then you hear it. Uh, uh-huh. And then there's some like songs that were like we're hearing very loudly. Then they're on the radio or they were on the airplane, uh-huh. the next kind of thing. And I just feel like he really – I don't think anyone reeled them in on the song choices. And it feels like, you know, when you make a student film and you try to put every song you think of. You know, it's funny that you that you mentioned that just because I'm trying to think back and I cannot recall a single song in the movie. I don't know if maybe our brains were just in totally different places when we were watching the movie. And I'm not saying either of us are right or wrong or one should be thinking the other way. But like I I can't think of any song that was particularly in this movie. So I don't know what's going on there. Well, I don't know if I know them by name because i'd never heard them but like it opened with johnny cash's Folsom prison blues right like mm-hmm. it goes into that and then you know there are i was trying to see if i can find all the songs yeah there's a list of songs um but like i could hear the like you i i was like this is taking me out of the movie because i can hear the actual music um mm-hmm. over like an orchestral score or something like that right um whereas like i feel uh, now I don't I don't want to compare to Guardians, but when he wrote the Guardians, like he made the music part of the characters, right? Like Star Lord listened to the music. He had his headphones on. He had his had his mixtapes, if you will. So, um, well, I, I I definitely don't uh, fault him for his love of music. I just feel like it was a little overbearing on some of the scenes, a little bit uh, for that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think maybe one of the the last big characters that we touch on here is Starro, kind of yes. our main villain here which I thought they did some pretty clever things with Starro. I like the introduction of the character of, let's just say the character has been here for a really, really long time. We'll just give a little bit of background here on kind of a mm-hmm. classic projector in front of a scientist. And they kind of showed the scale of how the character changed. It was just randomly floating in space, which I think is just kind of an eerie concept that I just kind of <laughs> like the idea of some astronauts in space. They look out the window and they see like a freaking starfish with an eye. That's just like so bizarre. And I don't know. I just might brain really likes that so they bring it down yeah. to earth and then there's this whole kerfuffle between you know who's responsible for all this disaster and everything i the the geopolitical plot line that kind of moved the movie along wasn't too intriguing to me i do like that stuff in general but it just kind of felt a little tacked on it was yeah. more for the squad themselves to get some leverage over Waller to, you know, get yeah. out from under her yeah. thumb. I, I, I like Starro. I think he was cool. The spores coming out of his little armpits was a little, mm-hmm. uh, a little interesting. I wish they kind of use that a little bit more, uh, if you will. Like we didn't see them really fight a lot of Starro people at the end of the day. And, and I believe they set up anyone infected by Starro was as good as dead, right? Like the second mm-hmm. he gets a hold of them. So they didn't really fight him either. But, um, you made me think of Amanda Waller in this movie. I didn't really care for her as much as I did in the first one. I think there's that scene where they're like, oh, the squad go home, don't get involved, when she could have easily used that for her political gain to say, like, my team went in and solved the day. Why, why would she not do that? Like, that's how she's always been portrayed in the yeah. films. I was like, why didn't and, you and do that? 
And one thing I was almost expecting, and I would have been in character, and I think it would have actually been kind of like dark and funny, very much up James Gunn Alley, of some, like, they knock her out so they can take control over, and then at the very end, they just show her kind of rubbing the back of her head and very angrily. Like, the very Amanda Waller thing to do would have been to literally kill one of them, right? Yeah. To kill one of her employees, or at least show them, like, locked yeah. up, getting carted away to, like, Guantanamo or something. Because, like, she doesn't, like, she doesn't, like, you know... Uh, a pardon language she doesn't fuck around so I was kind of expecting a little bit of that so that was kind of strange to kind of see her you know like neutered there at the end where it's just like she I don't think she would do that like that's kind of the main thing about her character that has kind of uh, kind of carried over from the previous movies you kind of love to to hate her right right? because she's such a bitch right because she's really good at her job and she has to do that and also it's a good sign that the movie is making you empathize with the criminals and amanda waller kind of becomes the most unlikable person but yeah it's kind of a strange turn there at the end that she would kind of just like give up and slink away to her office yeah and like the worst she did was put them in in charge of peacemaker right Mm. at the end like that's their punishment i'm like oh okay um it's just weird i figured she would try to use it like okay team like you know you're not gonna live you need to go do this kind of thing like rather mm-hmm. than pull them back which is yeah it was just out of character because she literally killed everyone in the office in the first movie remember when the, oh, the squad yeah, got like she just killed everybody right. cold blood so. and also the two characters that are put on peacemaker's assignment none of them are the ones that knocked amanda waller in the back of the head with that Pipe yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind the, of strange. Uh, the the one guy with the glasses when they're uh, Steve Aggie uh, or whatever. He's mm. he actually did the motion capture for King Shark uh, as well. Oh uh, okay. Um, that, yeah, I, he's popped up in a lot recently. He must be uh, pretty popular in kind of like maybe some of the comedic uh, um, kind of circles out yeah. here because he pops up in a lot of movies and TV shows. Yeah. So I think he'll be. I think James Gunn would have written him into the Peacemaker show as well then. Um, mm-hmm. because because he worked with them on, on two different levels yeah um, I, I i have to say i do really like the visceral end of starro very very dark yeah. even though they make us connect to the character at the very, at the very end where he was he wasn't bothering anybody it's kind of earth's problem for bringing him down there and he yeah. was just kind of not really ex- enacting revenge but it's just like you know what are you going to do if you bring this monster to earth you can't be surprised that he's going to like mess your crap up yeah. so uh the fact of like I loved I it makes total sense but I wasn't expecting it. If you Harley Quinn and a javelin attacks an eye, it's not going to stick on it like, you know, like a like a like a a pick in the side of like a cliff, right? right. It is just a big liquidy center so she just floats in there and I was like, "Oh, this is gross." And then the rats yeah. inside and I was like, "Oh god." And then they do the pull out where you see Starro's like collapse eye jostling around there's blood in it and she's like this is i've never seen anything quite like this this is making me cringe in like the best ways so you know they because you really do think like how are the how is this squad of people going to take down this big starfish Mm -hmm. and it seems like maybe they should have had like a plan or something because it is kind of unbelievable that they kind of made it to that point right um because like you know blood sport really really smart guy he's got some He's got some cool gadgets. He can make some pretty big guns, but you're not even putting a dent in the Starro, and he's just like, all right, I guess all I can do is just keep the, shooting. If he was supposed to be like this really big tactful person, it seems like he should have taken a minute, like, okay, team, yeah. you know, br- get, get your rats over here. You do this, you do that. And he was just like, I'm just going to shoot stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. And then I guess we didn't see – his daughter apparently, I guess, didn't go to jail then, right? Like they just kind of left that out in the open. 
Yeah, and this is also kind of strange. I don't know if this was strategic or James Gunn just didn't care and wanted to do what he wanted to do, but Bloodsport is just so close to being the same character as Deadshot in the other Suicide Squad movie, down to like the the family connection and yeah. like some and looking up to them possibly really being a hero. It just treads a lot of the same plot lines, and I I'm curious if that was strategic or if like James Gunn really was just going in and just like I'm gonna do this i don't know it just does really feel like that like maybe will smith was supposed to be in this and then just things just things like fell out very early so they just pivoted so it doesn't really feel like he was ever supposed to be in it because that was one positive that i do remember a lot of people saying about the first suicide squad was that the margot robbie was great and then also will smith brought a lot to that character so i i guess if i had to be a little conspiratorial it does feel like that maybe it was supposed to be it, in there. If it is, uh, that's fine. If not, I think uh, Idris Elba did a way better job uh, overall. I think I think between him and Will Smith, I'd much rather watch a movie with him in it uh, mm-hmm. than than Will Smith trying to pretend like this is the best movie in the entire world. Um, I mean, even Idris Elba did a Fast and Furious movie, right? So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, he, he did Ghost Rider too. If you really want to go that low, but um, anyway, I, I I think I think the actors are. I don't have any complaints with the actors. Uh, I think that's something that I can say here. Like literally, the cast and the the, the weird characters were spot on uh, throughout the whole thing. Then I forgot. I, I literally forgot that she carried that javelin from the start of the movie through the entire movie. Uh, Almost, she yeah. picks up the javelin off the wall when she's, she's escaping. When she gets captured, yeah, yeah. So not quite, but almost. But yeah, but like, the, like when she's available to carry it, she took it with her, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was um, definitely interesting. I was trying to think if there's anything else um, out here. I, there is a uh, quick blink and you'll miss it um, cameo from uh, Mantis, uh, Palm Clementif, if you will. She's one of the dancers in the club. Uh, she had oh, a couple I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, um, I saw. That. I was like, "Is that? Is that the lady who plays Mantis?" Because you don't. She doesn't look the same without the Mantis makeup on. <laughs> um, so there was that. And I, I just trying to think. There, there is um in the the prison when they're doing like the walkthrough. There is a like James Gunn's brother plays Sean the ca- Gunn, Sean yeah. plays the Calendar Man. Uh, he's also a Weasel, uh, but um, uh, he 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 uh he was the Calendar Man for a couple or a scene there. Yeah, he he actually is uh, yelling at Polka Dot Man, yeah. <laughs> like just making fun of, I guess, his Polka Dots in general. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I again, I think this is better than the first one. I, I I don't know if I'm ever if I'm gonna revisit this movie. I think is the other thing, but I mean, I I don't hate it. I'm just not I'm not in love with it. It's not my favorite movie. I guess. Uh, I think I think one thing that that may have helped overall, and I'm not necessarily like you know begging for like another like blockbuster globe trotting movie, but the whole movie really was just set on the island, so we didn't really get a lot of visual different locales, right? Um, and I'm not saying like saying a movie has to do that, and that's the only way a movie can be good. But like you know, maybe if there was a little bit of a, a scene change, you know, mm-hmm. if we felt like there was uh, the adventure moved locations a little bit more, you know, maybe that kind of would have helped like diversify things uh, a little bit, but you know, who knows that could add length to the movie. And I just said at the beginning, I felt like it it felt a little bit long. So who knows, you know, I could just be talking myself in circles, but overall I had a really, really good time. It felt like a James Gunn movie and he makes Mm -hmm. pretty good movies. So like, you know, if this is the trend that, uh, Warner brothers wants to go, go to, I'm very interested to see what happens, right? Like, is he going to do guardians of the galaxy volume? three and just kind of like retire not retire but you know kind of step back 
for Marvel, Marvel right? You know, he did his trilogy, and is he going to continue up on the Suicide Squad movement? You he, know, I, I don't know. He did say that, or, or someone at Warner Brothers said that they have more projects with James Gunn in mind. He is doing the TV show, right, Peacemaker. He did write mm-hmm. and film most of that, and then he's also doing the uh, Christmas special uh, or holiday for special Gu- for Guardians. For Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Uh, and, and then that. So if he, I think, you know, literally after Guardians 3, he might have his pick of the litter, if you will. Um, I, I If he wants to do Marvel, he'll probably, you know, get to do something random again. But if he wants to go to DC and do this again, I think so. Um, if, I don't know what a follow-up to this movie would be. I, I think one of the other things is I don't know how this fits into the DCEU at large, right? Oh, other God, than, yeah. Other, how do you even square any of this away? <laughs> the only mention they have is that um, Bloodsport shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet, uh, and that that was it. So um, it could go either way, uh, really, um, down that road. So. I mean – I mean, I know Superman gets put in the ICU, they say that, but, like, you know, is that just, like, you know, a Tuesday for Superman? He's always, like, almost yeah. dying and saving the world, so what, it's kind of, like, almost like Bloodsport will remember that for the rest of his what, life, but Superman's just, like, I'm busy doing a lot of other things, right? Well, what was he do? What was he do? Was he getting paid for? Like, he, of all the people, Bloodsport doesn't come across as a villain, right? He's just a mercenary kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, why was he shooting at Superman? Of all the people you could shoot at, Superman. Uh, yeah, I and I guess uh, it would be an interesting story to explore because theoretically they're off the hook from the Suicide Squad. They're they're scot free because they have that leverage over Waller. So do they all just kind of stay together and keep doing adventures? That's almost kind of the same story of Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. You know, they all get together. You know, they expunge their but records, then they, yeah. but then they be become a family. So I don't know if just James Gunn really likes to tell that type of story. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I guess the built-in advantage of a Suicide Squad franchise is, is you can like swap characters in and out, right? Because mm-hmm. they're just supposed to die, right. so you can kind of drudge up a lot of weird ast- abstract characters, kill them, and then fill the ranks on the next movie. Um, yeah, it does make it does make you wonder, or, yeah, or, where they'll go and what they'll do. Yeah, or even if they don't touch these characters again and, and they introduce a new squad, if you will. Um, it, it, it's definitely doable, right? Like he's like, oh, I got another list of ten characters I want to, I want to mm. play with. I mean, I, I didn't really like, I didn't really want to bring this up because like it's pointless in my opinion to talk about box office right. during yep. the pandemic because it doesn't make any sense. So I, you can't even really read into the numbers that this film did, but I, I feel like it's very positive across the reviews. So it makes sense that they would make another one. I'd, I don't see why there would be an executive over there saying, no, we're not going to make a sequel. It would really just be up to James Gunn. And actually, how much would it be up to James Gunn? It seems, things seem to be very amicable and positive for him over at Warner Brothers. But yeah. even if Gunn maybe said he didn't want to make a sequel, he could always just be an executive producer on a sequel. and They could just bring in like a protege yeah. or something. Because like James Gunn, he's getting older. He's getting more mature. He's getting more seasoned in Hollywood. I'm sure he's got friends and he's got close, uh, you know, close uh, workplace associates well, he did, that also want to direct and write that he might, you know, tap to he, do a sequel. Well, he, he did Bright burn um he, he's not yeah, opposed he like to a, producing he was a producer on that yeah 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 doing doing brightburn i didn't care for brightburn uh, but i'm pretty sure he's getting a sequel i mean he could do other things you know he could essentially be like how he started at trauma studios create his own you know studios and kind of you know give all the roles to his brother if you will mm-hmm. um but yeah i, I think there's there's an opportunity i don't think box office is a great number but i would much rather see this over another wonder woman movie based on the <laughs> the, the past year of dc movies right like literally I, I hate to say that I think Wonder Woman has more 
weight in her name, but that that film was just a slap in the face. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe this. to say. I think it's safe to say for us, we were looking forward to the Suicide Squad because of James Gunn, not yeah. because of the DCEU at its current <laughs> exactly. place and time, or <laughs> even the property. Like, oh, I love the first Suicide Squad. I, let's see what another one is. No, it wasn't that either because. You know, I again, I think most people remember that first one because they had that what was that Twenty One Pilot song um, called Heathens that came out with that, like that really uh, okay. sold the movie. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say. I think I think it was uh, I don't know. I, th- I think we're both same place. I don't I, like I said. I don't need to convince you to not like it. You know, convince me to like it. We're kind of I'm in the middle. You may be a little po- more positive than me, but like yeah, if. Enough. You know, effective film. I'm sure audiences had a good time, and in a normal state of the world, I'm sure it would have made a decent amount of uh, change for them. So overall, I think they checked every box they needed to check. Yeah, and and honestly, um, it could have been much worse, I believe. I, I, and so if you oh yeah it, it factually could have been we've seen another we one have, we have <laughs> we've seen, seen the first one yeah so uh if you've got you know twelve dollars fifteen dollars and get on hbo max i don't think you're going to be disappointed um i would not recommend kids watch this movie um unless you so i'm part of the deadpool wouldn't you say yeah and so, unless you're that kind yeah. of fan i would say deadpool maybe goes a little bit harder yeah but still yeah yeah this ain't quite kid friendly yeah exactly um so yeah no nudity well yes there is and, and when they when they leave the dance club there are naked men and women oh yeah that's right i think i was like i was like did i see a penis I think yeah I yeah, there, a there, penis. there there is a penis in this because I, that's what harley quinn you, harley quinn shoots them in the tub on her way out i mean you do get to see uh john cena in tidy whities yeah. and the, the and dude is like built that dude is built from head to toe after the movie was over i went online to google uh what his uh workout routine was and unsurprisingly he's a self uh confessed gym rat and like this dude on leg day half of his leg day is like calves he hits his calves like crazy and i don't even think we got to see him so he's doing all this calf work and he's not even showing them off so i don't even know what these calves look like well, on john cena but he uh, you can tell he spends a lot of time in the gym. He doesn't even look real. He yeah. looks like a He-Man action figure. <laughs> right. Um, you did bring up. You did make me think the Harley Quinn escape sequence, uh, where she's mm-hmm. uh, she activates like her actual. I would say it's not activates. She be, like why is Harley Quinn formidable? We get mm-hmm. to see in one scene why she's a formidable fighter finally because mm-hmm. she takes down all those dudes with the guns. Like doing her like. It looked, looked like a kind of a ballet, spinning with the guns and then shooting mm-hmm. people as she like ran out of the door. And then, like we got to see all the flowers and stuff. I thought that was kind of fun to look at. Um, this is that's a clip you'd watch on YouTube, I think. But mm-hmm. um, I, I I do give them props for giving Harley Quinn a pretty cool scene on the way out. So uh, yeah, I think that's it, Mike. We got our regular news episode to cover. But anything else you want to add to? The Suicide go, Squad. Go watch it. It's only yeah. going to cost you a, a month-long subscription to HBO Max, and there's yeah. a lot of other stuff on there that you can re- watch right now. If you listen to our normal uh, news episodes every week, uh, last week I recommended this uh, show that's airing right now called The White Lotus, which is very, very funny, a very good show, uh, dark humor as well. There's just a lot of stuff happening well, over watch, on HBO you Max. You can watch Space Jam, a new legacy on Oh, there, no, absolutely do not do that. <laughs> well, watch please. it. If you, if you want to feel even better about this, and watch that first yeah uh, why isn't lebron james blood sport uh, in this movie chris uh, he could have led the team he was he's a leader on the it, court lola could bunny could be harley quinn i oh i, I sense gosh. a crossover chris, coming not the, this show's over yeah let's We're end it done. okay all right mike <laughs> people know what you're doing what you're up to where can they find you at 
Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. If people want to know more about the show, uh, our normal news episodes we do every week, where can they find everything at? Oh, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the HQ for our little podcast here. And that is the best place to find all of our other reviews and to get our awesome upcoming release schedule. So if you're very confused when all these movies are supposed to be coming out, we have a nice, simple text-based list over on SuperheroSlate.com. No pop-ups, no ads, no annoying newsletter module that tries to get you to sign up. It's just a nice list that we honestly use as a tool. So we decided we could give it to everybody else that uh, loves the podcast as well. So that's SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and the Gram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Reach out and let us know what you thought about The Suicide Squad. How does it compare to uh, David Ayers slash Warner Brothers Studios version of The Suicide Squad? Or not? Or no, just Suicide Squad. Uh, this is like The Fast <laughs> and the Furious all over again. I can't keep track of it. Uh, two Suicide, I two ass- Squad. Got it. <laughs> I would assume everybody prefers this James Gunn version but if there's a crazy radical out there that thinks the air cut it would just surpass everything uh, let me know I want to hear your crazy thoughts and if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and make sure you're vaccinated because the Delta variant ain't playing around and I'd like to go back to the movie theaters sometime soon and I need you to get vaccinated so we can do that so that'll make you a super fan and we'll be here every week folks that's right we'll see you guys there bye Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I got not really steamed broccoli, but I'm just so tired of pandemic box office.